0: Welcome to the Canada Abroad Podcast. I'm your host, Deanne Akers Lance, and this week we are going to be discussing how you can immigrate to Canada without having a job offer. When looking to immigrate to Canada, there are a variety of options available, but depending on your own personal background, sometimes you might have to have a job offer from a Canadian employer. And for somebody who's not physically in Canada, this can be very difficult to obtain, especially because that employer in most cases, but not all, would have to prove that they couldn't find a Canadian to fill that position. And because that can be very difficult for an employee to prove, today we're gonna be focusing on the different ways that you can immigrate to Canada without having to have a job offer in place. Now we're gonna focus in on three specific different areas. The first is for direct to permanent residency options, and what we mean by this is when your visa is issued at the end of the day, you're going to have full Canadian permanent residency. So when you arrive in Canada, from the first day of arrival, you will be a permanent resident. The second group of options is going to be temporary residency to permanent residency. So for these, you might have to start off on maybe a study permit for several years and then transition to permanent residency. The last option we're going to discuss is more for entrepreneurs and business people. This will also typically start with a temporary permit and lead to permanent residency. But these programs are specific to people who want to start up a business or purchase an existing business. So for the first group, the ones who can get permanent residency directly, this is more for the people using the Express Entry system. Now, Express Entry is used by those people who are trying to immigrate using the Federal Skilled Worker Program, the Federal Skilled Trades Program, and the Canadian Experience Class. As long as you meet the criteria of one of those programs, you can then create an Express Entry profile and go into the express entry system. Then what happens is, on average, every two weeks, the Canadian government will select people from that express entry system based on their score alone. Now, this is where the problem can come in for some people. If your score is too low, you may never actually get selected for permanent residency, and you could just end up sitting in that express entry pool for one, two, three, or four more years, and not actually go anywhere. So if you are looking at using one of those programs that goes through Express Entry, before you start with anything, you're really gonna wanna make sure that your score, and now this specific score that we're talking about is called a comprehensive ranking system score, or people call it a CRS score for short. So you'll wanna make sure that that score is high enough before you start pursuing this option. Some people, they get half of the information, they might know that they qualify as a federal skilled worker, they get their documents together, and they get into the express entry system, but then they get a surprise when they learn that their comprehensive ranking system score is too low. But for those people who have a high enough comprehensive ranking system score, this is definitely the best option available to immigrate to Canada without having to have a job offer. Lately, though, the people that they have been selecting have had a very high score, up in the 470s. To get to this level, you typically need to be under 34, have a master's degree or higher, three years of full-time paid experience in one skilled profession, very proficient in English. And if you're married, your spouse would have to have a very similar um, profile. Also, those with siblings in Canada, they get extra points. Those who have worked in Canada previously or studied in Canada previously get extra points. People who are proficient in French and English have a huge advantage over those who are only proficient in one of those languages. So this is just to give you an idea the type of profile that they're selecting at the moment. So if it is an option for you, it's definitely a great one. But for those who can't qualify through one of these programs, we're going to move on to other options. Now the next option for those people who don't have a job offer would be to study in Canada. So if you can get accepted into an eligible Canadian educational institution, or what they call a designated learning institution, you would then apply for a study permit. Now, if you study in Canada for a year or longer, this can add points to an existing express entry profile if that's what you're trying to do. But for others, if you study in Canada, depending on the institution that you study at and the program that you're studying, when you graduate, you might be eligible for a post-graduation work permit. And this is an open work permit that would allow you to work for any employer anywhere in Canada. Now, this work permit is typically issued for the same duration as what your study program was, up to a maximum of three years. So if we look at it that way, you can enter Canada first on a study permit, then if you're eligible, get your post-graduation work permit, and if you've worked in Canada for a year or longer, in a skilled occupation, you would also then be eligible under the Canadian experience class. The Canadian experience class will also end up going through the express entry system, but typically, depending on your age... If you've studied in Canada, and depending on the years of Canadian work experience that you have, this may result in you having a high comprehensive ranking system score. Or people who currently have a low score might look at the study option to give them the additional points that they need. Now, the other option is depending on the province that you're going to be studying in, and the program that you're going to be studying in, Some provinces have specific provincial nominee programs for international students. Typically, but not always, you would be required to complete a master's or a PhD in Canada to be eligible for these programs. So if you are interested in studying in Canada, and depending on your profile, you could either use this to add points to your express entry profile and increase your comprehensive ranking system score. Or, you could look at the province that you want to study in to see if they have a specific provincial program for you. Because with that option, once you've graduated, you could apply direct for permanent residency through one of those provincial programs. Another way that people can go direct to permanent residency without going through a temporary permit is the Federal Self-Employed Persons Program. Now, this is for people who have the relevant work experience. So this is in the cultural activities or athletics at a world-class level, or they've been a self-employed person in cultural activities or athletics. Now, with these programs, they're only going to work. look at your experience in the last five years. And they use a points-based system. So obviously, if you have five years, instead of four or three, you are going to score higher. And the minimum experience that they're looking for if you're applying under a cultural activity would be two one-year periods of being self-employed in culture activities or two one-year periods participating at a world-class level in cultural activities or a combination of a one-year period being self-employed and a one-year period participating at a world-class level. If you're looking at applying through the athletics section, you need to show that you have either two one-year periods of being self-employed in athletics, or two one-year periods participating at a world-class level in athletics, or again, a combination of one-year being self-employed, and one year participating at a world-class level. If you think that you meet one of those criteria, then you could look at the Federal Self-Employed Persons Program. With this, they will still look at factors such as age, education, and language abilities, But their scoring system is a lot more lenient than other programs such as the Federal Skilled Worker Program. Their scoring system is out of 100, but for this you only have to get 35 points or above. But again, you have to meet one of those criteria in terms of your work experience, which not everyone is going to be able to prove because it's only specific occupations that they are looking at. Another way that people can immigrate to Canada without having a job offer is through family sponsorship. For this, you have to have a qualifying relative living in Canada who's either a Canadian citizen or a permanent resident and meets the requirements to sponsor you. Now, family sponsorship typically is for someone who is a Canadian citizen or permanent resident of at least 18 years of age who is looking to sponsor their spouse. So this could be married or common-law or a conjugal partner, or they're looking to sponsor their dependent child, or they're looking to sponsor their own parents or grandparents. So if you don't have one of those relatives in Canada, it's not likely that you could be sponsored under the family class. There is a specific exception for those who have no other living relatives So in this case, the person in Canada who is a Canadian citizen or permanent resident would have to have no living relatives. So they're not married, they have no children, and no other living relatives. And the same, in some cases, would apply to the person being sponsored. So it's more of a rare situation. This program is mostly for people who are married to a Canadian citizen or permanent resident or one of their parents, is a Canadian citizen or permanent resident or they are looking to sponsor their own parents or grandparents. Now just of note, with someone who is a Canadian citizen or permanent resident and they are looking to sponsor their own dependent child, that child would have to be under the age of 22. Once a child reaches the age of 22, they're no longer considered a dependent child by Immigration, Refugees, and Citizenship Canada. So keep that in mind when you are looking at the family sponsorship route. We're now going to move on to the business programs or entrepreneur programs. These, again, are for people who are interested in starting a business in Canada investing into a business in Canada or purchasing an existing business. Now, depending on the business that you're going to be starting, you may or may not start off on a work permit in Canada. Now, when we look at business programs, most of them are provincially regulated. So what this means is depending on where you want to open your business or where you're purchasing your business, The province that it's based in is going to dictate what the requirements are. For some of these provinces, you're going to have to have a minimum net worth of at least $500,000 Canadian or more, and you might have to invest a minimum of $200,000 Canadian or more. The net worth requirements and the investment amounts will vary from province to province, The other minimum requirements that they would be looking for will also vary from province to province. But typically, there's going to be requirements on the number of Canadian citizens or permanent residents that you need to hire. There's going to be a minimum time frame in which you need to hire those individuals. When they talk about the minimum investment that you need to make, they are going to stipulate what this money can and cannot be used for. Each province will also have a list of businesses that they will not accept. Um, Some that come to mind could be a coin-operated laundry, something that's done for passive investment. They want to see that you are going to be working in that business on a day-to-day operational basis. So if you're just looking to make a passive investment, then this is not really the option for you. If you know that you're going to be working in that business and you have the funds available, this might be an option. Now, depending on the province that you want to open the business in, some of them operate almost like express entry for business people. What you would do is you would put together your business plan and submit it to the province and they would then assign you a score. When they're doing the score, it's based on a variety of factors, so it could be your own age, your level of education, your own experience owning and operating a business or managing a business, your language proficiency, where you want to open the business, maybe more points allocated for more rural areas and lower scores for more populated areas. You could be given extra points for the type of industry that you're looking to open the business in. And then they'll also rank the feasibility of your business plan. If you say that you're going to invest $200,000. Does it make sense for the type of business that you're opening? Are you going to end up spending that much money? Is it going to cost more money than that? And once they've assigned you a score, they then select the highest ranking business plans and invite those people to apply through the entrepreneur program. So again, you might have the minimums required, and you might put together a business plan. But if there's somebody out there with a higher net worth and they can invest a lot more money, they are going to score higher than you. So you can always investigate and do a mock-up of what you think your business plan is going to look like to see if it would be competitive or not. Now with those provincial business programs or entrepreneur programs, typically what's going to happen is they would first issue you with a work permit, if you were selected, and that would allow you to travel over to Canada to start implementing your business plan. Then they would give you a specific period of time in which that business plan had to be implemented, and they would then come check in with you and verify that those requirements had been met. If the requirements had been met, they would then allow you to apply for your permanent residency, but if you had not met the requirements, then you may lose that money of investment and have to go home. So with these programs, it can be a little bit risky. Your spouse would be included, and any children under the age of 22 can also be included. The next option that you can look at is for investors. Now, I'm just going to note this. This is specifically for the province of Quebec, and at the moment, this program is closed for re-evaluation, and it's estimated to be reopening in July of 2020. At that time, these requirements may have changed, so you'll want to check back in. But as the program was before it closed, you had to have a net worth of at least $2 million Canadian. And you had to be willing to invest $1.2 million Canadian over a five-year period. And that money would be returned to you after those five years, but it would be returned without interest. So if you do have a high net worth and you're willing to invest that much money with no interest on your return, that might be something that you could look at. But again, you'll want to check back in July of 2020 to see if any of those requirements had changed. The next option, without a job offer, could be again for somebody looking to open a business. But let's say the type of business that you're looking to open, maybe you can't meet the requirements of one of the provincial programs. You could look at what's called an owner-operator labor market impact assessment. And this is basically where you're seeking approval to bring yourself in to start working for your own company. Now, there's no guarantee with these types of applications, and you would have to prove that you have the net worth required to start the business that you're looking to start. They would need to see that you have the business experience required to start this operation in Canada. They would have to be satisfied that you would be employing Canadians within a reasonable period of time. And they will look at your, in some cases, own background of operating a business. Was it successful? Do you know what you're doing? These programs are a little bit less transparent that there's no specific set guidelines in what you need to have. But if you can make a good case for yourself, the owner-operator labor market impact assessment could either be used to add points to an existing express entry application or it could then be used to obtain a work permit and then later add points to an express entry application. When you're doing any type of application or program, you wanna make sure that there's a clear pathway to permanent residency. Some people may go over on work permits, so people get a job offer and go over, but depending on their personal background, there might not always be a way for them to transition to permanent residency. This could be the same for students, it could be the same for entrepreneurs, so always, always check, okay, if I'm going to go this route, how do I get to permanent residency, how long is it going to take, and is it feasible? So the options that we've discussed today, they're going to be relevant for some people. Some people might have more than one option, and others might have no options available to them, and they might be the ones that have to go and find a job offer in Canada to get to permanent residency eventually. Now, the other scenario that we haven't discussed yet that I'm going to note is the working holiday program or international experience class. Depending on what type of passport you have, you might be eligible for a working holiday. And depending on which country you're from, these can be issued between six months up to two years. So with these, if you managed to work in Canada for a year or longer and you were working in a skilled occupation, this could then be used for the Canadian experience class and you could go through express entry. If in addition to that Canadian experience, you also have foreign work experience, you could then qualify under the federal skilled worker and that again would go through express entry. So if you are trying to go through express entry and your score is a little bit low, if you have an eligible passport and nationality, a working holiday might be a good way to go over and boost your points. This can be verified through our website. We have a link available so that you can see the countries that are available for these working holiday programs. And if your passport is on the list, you'll just want to check that you meet the age requirements. Some of them, it's only for those under the age of 30 or under the age of 35. So it's not going to be available to everybody. The other thing to note is you cannot take spouses and children with you. So this is more applicable for your single individuals. Because if you are married with kids, you can only go over by yourself and you'd have to leave them behind. Regardless of which of these programs you might be looking into, something else just to make note of is if you do happen to have a criminal record of any kind, you may be inadmissible to Canada. So you might want to have a discussion with a regulated consultant or a lawyer to see if that criminal record is going to hinder your application. Depending on when the charge occurred, if you were convicted, what happened after conviction, did you just have to pay a fine, did you lose your license if it was driving while intoxicated, all of these factors will come into play. So it's important to know this before you start a application because you don't want to go ahead with something only to have it refused later down the line. The other thing to keep in mind is medical conditions. So this would be for the main applicant, their spouse, or their dependent children. If you have any kind of condition which could be an excessive demand on the Canadian health or social services system, this could be a reason for your application to be refused as well or if any of you have a medical condition which they deem to be highly contagious. So if you know that you have one of these conditions, again, it might be worth looking into that to see if you are going to exceed the excessive demand threshold or not before starting an application. Because again, you don't want to spend all the money to go down that path, only to have your application refused at the end of the day for one of these reasons. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Canada Abroad Podcast, and we hope that you'll tune in to our next episode.